Hello, food nerds. Nick here with Gab. Hello. And a special guest on the podcast today, my best friend, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> wow, special guest. You're really, uh, really selling me high right now. So I'm gonna, just going to take that and just run with it. Absolutely. Kyle is the foremost expert on our author here today, Ernest Hemingway. So go ahead, Kyle, take it away here. <laughs> the floor is yours, Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to take a step back. We're making cocktails today, and I'll just enjoy some cocktails here while Kyle tells you all of the nerdy parts. But as mentioned, today's featured drink is the Jack Rose from The Sun Also Rises, Hemingway's 1926 novel set in Paris after World War I. So Kyle, how much do you remember about Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises? Well, not as much as I would like to remember. I recall that I think every single chapter had another drink in it. And uh, you know what? I'm all down for that. Yeah. It sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot it was of drinking, mostly drinking. drinking. I, yeah, I think I'm worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> or worried. So the <laughs> aforementioned character, the protagonist, the big drinker himself is Jake Barnes, a World War I veteran who was wounded during his service. And I think it's important to point out here that Hemingway himself volunteered as an ambulance driver for the Red Cross in Italy during the First World War. The book takes place in Paris, but also in Pamplona, Spain, where the group of expats take in the Fiesta de San Fermin, also known as the running of the bulls. So the main storyline here is that Jake is in love with Lady Brett Ashley, who's actually based off of the real person in Hemingway's life. And a lot of this a lot of the stuff in Sun Also Rises is kind of based somewhat in Hemingway's experience in Paris after the First World War. But anyway, Lady Brett Ashley, who is the love interest, seems to be at times returning that love back to Jake Barnes. But ultimately, this relationship is complicated. Kyle, do you remember what made this relationship so complicated? Well, as I recall, he uh, he had a very unseemly injury to his uh, nether regions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is a this is lit delish after dark, folks. So we're talking about the nether regions and <laughs> the Jake's war injury, which made it impossible for the two of them to be quote any more than just friends. Is what I wrote in my notes to be nice about it. So I think you're picking up what we're putting down here. And Jake feels a lot of frustration about this impossible relationship. And this frustration is actually reflected in our first scene that mentions the Jack Rose cocktail. Quote, at five o'clock, I was in the Hotel Crillon waiting for Brett. She was not there. So I sat down and wrote some letters. They were not very good letters, but I hope their being on Crillon stationery would help them. Brett did not turn up. So about quarter to six, I went down to the bar and had a Jack Rose with George, the barman. Okay, so very early on, we already see two things. One, Jake's drinking a Jack Rose, and two, Lady Brett Ashley is standing him up, which is not very nice. I can understand why he is drinking away his sorrows. Can you, Gab? 
I've never been stood up. So <laughs> good for Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, definitely not by me. Definitely <laughs> not. There would be there would be hell, hell to, to pay. pay for sure, food nerds. Okay, so what's a Jack Rose? Let's just make one, shall we? It is two ounces Laird's apple Jack, apple brandy, a half an ounce of lemon or lime juice, whatever you've got on hand, and a half an ounce of grenadine. So I'm going to run a quick demo here. And Kyle, who's got all the ingredients with him right now in Pennsylvania, so he's joining us remotely via Zoom. And he is going to... I know, right? I thought we were past this, but here we are, Zoom nerds. But Kyle, are you ready to make the famous drink? Heck yeah. My grenadine might be expired, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's I'm alcohol sure. never expires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm pretty sure this stuff would survive. A nuclear apocalypse. The apocalypse. Okay. So the hardware, food nerds, you're going to need, and a lot of this stuff is is optional, but I'm just going through the whatever you're going to need to make it uh, most similar to how it likely was made in the novel. You'll need a cocktail shaker full of ice, a jigger will be helpful. And those are just like little measuring tools for drinks. Basically a shot glass on steroids. Right. And a strainer. So I'm going to open up here my cocktail shaker full of ice. Very nice and cold. I'm going to get out two, uh, I'd say just pick the fanciest glasses you got, food nerds. I got two coops here. Ooh, what, what makes it a well, and if you want to know the truth, Kyle, I think that they're shaped like, you can't see me right now, food nerds, but uh, they're shaped after Marie Antoinette. After her and, chest region. Yeah. Talking chest region. Talking okay. chest region. And that's why the coupe has the shape that it's got. Fun fact. That is a fun, fun fact. I heard that fun fact first on Alton Brown's Good Eats. Now, I have not confirmed that legend to be true or not. So well, don't at me, sense. food nerds, if that's not actually true. Okay, let's make the drink. To the ice, let us add, firstly, our liquor. I'm going to be doubling the recipe here for me and Gab, folks, but it's two ounces, Applejack. So right you're saying I should double two? Okay. Absolutely, Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely, Kyle. Right. That's probably too much whiskey. And you're going to squeeze a bunch of lemon. I'm squeezing right? some lemon into my fruit juicer. A half a lemon is about a half an ounce, depending on how juicy your lemons or limes are. So for me and Gab, I'm going to like squeeze... One full lemon. I tried this cocktail already, food nerds, and I thought that, wow, a lot of recipes call for one ounce of citrus juice. It was a little bit too sour for me. So my recipe just calls for uh, one half, one half of a lemon. You got that, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, I got, got my half all squeezed in there. I'm just waiting for the grenadine stage. We got to shake at the same time. We do, of course. Like cocktail, Tom Cruise. Ooh. Ooh, can we do Tom Cruise next? It's Kyle's favorite movie. Cocktail? I feel like there's already another vlog or some sort of, I don't know, lesser podcast that does food <laughs> from movies. I don't a know. Lesser, lesser podcast. Okay, someone's on his high horse. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pouring down my half an like ounce. syrup. 
That's half an ounce of grenadine. This really to color. It's just to make it look rosy. Okay. Ooh. So, I. Wet ingredients are in the cocktail shaker, Kyle. Shall we shake? Yes. I did. I have a count of three. Three, two, one. Shake off. Shake off. Hitting, pull, slowing down. Okay. Can you tell the food nerds about the importance of shaking? Like how long you shake it? So, yeah. I think that the I thought it was shake it till you make it. (laughs) I think the standard is 30 seconds, at least until your cocktail shaker gets nice and frosty on the outside. We're going to pour these into the coops now. I'm going to strain mine to get out any pulp, but that's completely optional step. Look how pretty this color is. Rosy. Oh, maybe that's why they call it that. looks like fruit punch and to garnish so this is a completely optional step you can do if you want i'm going to take about a quarter inch slice of lemon half that and then just with my knife pull out the fleshy parts and even a spoon would be good for doing this lemon don't go to the er kyle that looks like a dangerous cutting angle (laughs) Well, I can't do it on the counter. <laughs> so what you have here is like a half circle of just lemon rind. You see that, Kyle? I'm just going to okay. lay that over the glass. So and you, it just looks very like, pretty. Seems like a waste of lemon guts. I mean, you can always use the lemon guts in another recipe, like to make like lemon curd. <laughs> or just suck on them right now. Or just suck on, yeah. All right. Hey. How does that look? I'll make sure to send a picture to Instagram at literally delish pod so that you can see this. All right, let's raise our glasses for a toast here to the Jack Rose. Kyle, look at the camera's file. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. All right, and a taste. It's not what I expected. It's a good cocktail. If I do say so myself. That is delicious. Kyle, tell us your first impressions on tasting notes. Hmm. Well, it's, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. I like it chilled. I've, you know, I've never sh- shaken my own cocktail. I've had that for two years, never shaken it. Wow. The first time you've used a shaker? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Always a first time for everything. I'm glad I could be part of this first time, Kyle. <laughs> It's, uh, this is really sweet. I like that. Yeah. Um, shall we talk a little bit about this drink here? Break it down? Obviously. I'm going to do it even if you said no. So here we go. <laughs> Some say that this drink, the Jack Rose, is simply named that because of the shortening of Applejack and Rose from Rose's Grenadine. So it's a combination of Jack and Rose because of the two component parts. Oh, so others it's not say, after Titanic, right? Negative. That's what I was thinking, Kyle, too. That it must be after Titanic in some capacity. I mean, Maybe not. Here's why that's probably false. This drink's origins go way, way back to the early 20th century 
where some say it was named after the Jersey City barkeeper, Frank May, who says, says that he invented the Jack Rose and it's named after him, uh, as in his nickname was Jack Rose. I don't really know how he got the nickname Jack Rose out of uh, Frank May, but yeah, whatever. Probably a big we'll Titanic fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> According to a very interesting post on a Hemingway blog called, this is a great name for a Hemingway blog, by the way, to have and have another. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's punny. It's punny. The drink's name might have other origin stories. Some say it's named after a New York gangster, Ball Jack Rose, who orchestrated the death of a rival, bro- rival boss in 1912. It's a pretty cool origin story of this very pink drink. And some like say some say it's even maybe named after an actual rose, a variety of rose from France, which is named after one of Napoleon's generals. So the consensus is, is out on what this drink's name actually comes from, but it's pretty good so far. I'm going to take another sip and try my best to read from my notes without slurring my words. How are you liking it, Gab? So I'm typically not a whiskey fan, but this is pretty damn good. Mm. It tastes a little bit like a Mike's Hard Lemonade, <laughs> in my opinion. Like so a darker are, Mike's Hard. So are and we going to take sweet. the whiskey drink? That is true. This is less sweet. So we do the whiskey drink. When do we do the vodka drink? (laughs) Next week. And a lager drink. For all of our Chumbawamba fans out there. (laughs) I got you. I picked up what you're putting down. So you like this drink, Ed? Yeah, I mean, I usually despise whiskey, but this is pretty good. I think with even a little Mm -hmm. bit more citrus, it would be maybe like some grapefruit juice. Okay. Noted for the next one. Grapefruit juice. A little variation. The Gabros, as it were. The Gab Jack. Well, did you know that you are not alone in being a lover of this cocktail? In fact, this was a favorite of Hemingway's, of course, and other literary and movie icons, including John Steinbeck and Humphrey Bogart. My face. Yeah. My men. (laughs) Your white men. The Hotel Creon was a very good place to have one of these cocktails, apparently, as Hemingway shares in his memoir, A Movable Feast, Quote, when I had money, I went to the Creon. Jake Barnes, in the story, The Sun Also Rises, actually returns to the Creon later in the novel, where he meets with his friend Bill, who had got a head start on the evening of drinking at the bar when he says, stopped at the Creon. George made me a couple of Jack Roses. George is a great man. I know the secret of his, know the secret of his success. Never been daunted. Wow, these drinks are hitting me. George, the bartender, apparently, had the secret sauce. But the very simple recipe may actually date all the way back to the 19th century. According to the Difford's Guide website, there are conflicting stories about who invented the Jack Rose. Some say it's that Frank May guy, a.k.a. Jack Rose, who invented it in 1905, while others say it was invented in New York City in 1899. Regardless, the first printed recipe is from one Jack Grahusko in his 1908 book it's called name. It's a great last name. In his 1908 book called Jack's Manual on the Vintage and Production, Care and Handling of Wines and Liquors. Try saying that five times fast. Hi, I'm drinking. Go. No. 
No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> man, a lot of jacks in this episode. It one would like believe that exactly. One would maybe believe that this Jack Rahusko invented the Jack Rose, but there's no consensus on this point. This well, recipe why don't we has come some to a consensus. Mm-hmm. Who's invented well, it? Jack from the Titanic? No, no, obviously not because he died. So it wasn't <laughs> on the drink. So um, yeah, I'll say what Jack Sawinski, whatever his name is. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, he has my vote. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers to, to Jack Rahusko. Cheers. Yeah, yeah Rahusko. Pouring out from my boy Jack Rahusko. <laughs> I mean, Jack's recipe, to- by the way, was very interesting. It's actually not very similar to the one that we just had. It's got some interesting components, including raspberry syrup, orange juice, and sugar. Hmm. I got a bit of a sweet tooth. Yeah. The recipe that we made is actually from Jacques, which is another Jack, just French. Jacques Straub's 1914 recipe book, very originally named Drinks. So the book is named Drinks. It's pretty self-explanatory. His recipe calls for one jigger of Applejack, one half lime, one quarter jigger grenadine syrup shake well. So whenever you enjoy this Jack Rose cocktail that we just made, you'll have Jacques Straub to thank for the recipe. Oh, thanks, Jacques. I wonder if he stated the Creole. I, I don't know. It sounds like if you had the money, maybe. I wish I had the money to say the Creole. Me too. My passport's expiring, so I don't think I'm going to make it to the Creon anytime soon. Well, you need to re-up your passport. I guess so. That's a conversation for... Not no, I'd like to so have that conversation right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, when's the last time you up your, use your passport international uh, travel? When I went to Toronto for a week for work six wow. years ago. Wow. So it's been a while. <laughs> Toronto, what a what an exotic place! Yeah, it wasn't even the French part of Canada. <laughs> oh man! Well, speaking of the French part of Canada, shall we get back to this very Canadian, not really French cocktail? Of course, well, of course, that's what we're here for. So this is definitely an historic con- cocktail, food nerds. Wow, it's hitting me hard. The one that's been popular with various celebrities, like I mentioned before. So why don't, at least in my experience, why don't you see the Jack Rose cocktail on cocktail menus? I mean, I feel like although the actual cocktail isn't on cocktail menus, there are lots of drinks on cocktail menus that have like similar flavors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why not this one? It's considered one of the six basic drinks alongside the old fashioned, the daiquiri, the Manhattan and martini and sidecar in David A. Embury's 1948 cocktail encyclopedia called The Fine Art of Mixing Drinks. Applejack is also often said to be America's first spirit. It was introduced in 1698 by William Laird, a Scottish immigrant living in colonial New Jersey. His great-grandson, Robert, established the Laird and Company Distillery in 1780, and it was so much beloved that George Washington requested and received the the recipe 
for Laird's Applejack and began distilling it for himself. <laughs> Gabby's another cocktail. <laughs> you know, I was wondering why he kept recommending Laird's Applejack. It is it the does original. have a nice apple flavor. There is apple in it, correct? Yes. Yes. It's basically apple juice. Give it to your kids. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Underage drinking food nerds. I hope you're enjoying this. Wherever you are, of legal age. Jesus but did you know that square? George Washington, <laughs> George Washington, President Numero Uno, was a big Applejack guy. I did not know that. He was, and so was FDR. Mm-hmm. Actually, FDR preferred his Manhattans made with the apple brandy rather than whiskey. And Lyndon B. Johnson once gifted a case of Applejack to Alexei, I'm going to butcher your last name, Kozijin, a high-ranking Soviet statesman, which was during the height of the Cold War. So Applejack has been involved in international diplomacy as well. Who knew? So with all of this Applejack love, one might wonder why it has gone out of fashion in one's old fashion and why it's no longer... Thanks. Well, that was a great pun. I got to stop. <laughs> that, was, that was a great pun. Thanks, I, I really enjoyed that. You're you're kind when you drink. Yeah. Well, thanks. No, Ky- Kyle's that. kind all the time. Kyle, food nerds. No, I'm He's the worst man. if I'm sober. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> In an article for the Washington Post. Mark... You never finished your sentence. Did I? No, you didn't. I'm going to move on to the next part. Anyway. Okay. We got more cocktails to make. In an article for the Washington Post, Mark Zenadin and John Gagosian go on a search throughout Washington, D.C. bars, searching for someone to make them a Jack Rose cocktail from memory and with all the necessary ingredients. The duo went to something like 30 bars in Northwest D.C. and could not find a single place where the bar had the right ingredients to make an Applejack or a bartender who knew how to make one. They eventually had to buy a bottle of Applejack themselves from a liquor store and bring it to a bartender who made one for them. So why couldn't they just make it themselves? They wanted to live that hotel Creole life, you know? Yeah. But it, you know, it just seems like, well, I feel like bartenders don't really enjoy it when you bring outside alcohol into their bars. So Yeah. I'm no bartender, but yeah, that would tick me off. (laughs) Just got to open the cap and just hand it back to you. The worst. So I think that there's a definite combination of lack of supply and demand for Jack Rose cocktails. And this is even in a city like Washington, D.C., where there are so many good cocktail bars. But I think that the origin of Apple Jacks falling out goes way further back than just our current moment. Historical texts tell us that American tastes turned away from Applejack a long time ago as it got a bad reputation for being something more like moonshine than a smooth apple brandy like you get today. Applejack was first made by freezing cider and removing the ice. This would concentrate the remaining juice, which would then be fermented and distilled a technique known as jacket. Kyle's getting okay. <laughs> then it's barrel aged, only about thirty-five <laughs> percent 
of apple brandy goes into the alcohol that you can buy as Applejack, where the other 65% comes from neutral grain spirits. I think the problem that Americans developed with Applejack was that during prohibition, the barrel aging process that smooths out the distilled spirit was skipped over. Here's a quote in the Zenaden and Gagosian piece. I'm gonna pronounce that name differently every time I say it. I'm sorry, I tried to look it up beforehand, but I started drinking. <laughs> so here's what happened during prohibition to our beloved Applejack. Quote, in the 1946 Gentleman's Companion, Charles H. Baker reports, it is rather unfortunate that our prohibition era through its raw Applejack and Jersey Lightning managed to completely deflect American taste against this fine spirit. Decently aged in wood, Applejack is a fine thing, just as French Calvados. It's lovely stuff. So when uh, you got Applejack, apparently during the Prohibition era, there was no telling its origins and if it had been smoothed out through barrel aging. Sounds that, a bit sketch. Yeah, it was really, well, really harsh like to drink. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, that means it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it counts as one of your servings of fruit a day, Kyle. Oh, good. I'm having a lot of servings of fruit then. <laughs> as they say, an apple jack a day. Probably keeps you in bed. Keeps you in bed. So you can't get sick if you're stuck in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? Stuff has been pretty good so far tonight. It's very simple, but refreshing cocktail. But the shoe drops. Is this the actual recipe? that was the one enjoyed in The Sun Also Rises. There is some uh, sort of debate about which recipe for Applejack might be the one used in The Sun Also Rises. Another available recipe comes from a 1922 cocktail book called Barflies and Cocktails written by Harry McKellen and Wynne Holcomb. McKellen was the owner and bartender at Harry's New York Bar in Paris, and Holcomb was a noted caricaturist and society reporter for the Paris edition of the New York Herald. McKellen and his staff at Harry's New York Bar have been credited with inventing some very important cocktails, including the Bloody Mary, the Sidecar, the Monkey Gland, the Boulevardiere, and an earlier form of the French 75. Harry's Bar was a favorite of Hemingway's, and legend has it that he helped bartender Fernand Pete Pidio invent an earlier version of the Bloody Mary. That legend, food historians say, is likely just a fun story, but Hemingway really did spread the word about the Bloody Mary as a great hangover cure. Hair of the dog, you know? Hair of the dog, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's great. a school night for us, so hope we don't need one of those tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> You won't. <laughs> <laughs> At any anyway, any rate, it seems pretty interesting that the barflies and cocktails uh, recipe and the time that Hemingway was in Paris coincided. So perhaps this recipe that I'm about to share is actually more like the one Hemingway imagined Jake enjoying at the Creon. So here is Harry McKellen's 1920s Paris recipe. I've got another cocktail shaker full of ice here. Oh, we're having a second one? Yes. Kyle, you can feel free to follow along here. I've got some uh, other ingredients. 
So, right. or just well, make yourself a second Applejack. Exactly. Well, I poured myself just some straight whiskey, but you know what? I can I can mix that with something. <laughs> Let see. us know what you make, Kyle. <laughs> so, Ouch. the McKellen version of uh, uh, Jack Rose, sorry, is one and a half ounces of Applejack. So I'm going to pour that into my cocktail shaker here. A little bit more. I'm going to double. You fill it, it to the top of the shaker, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't stop until it overpours. <laughs> okay. A three quarter ounce dry gin, such as a London dry gin, yeah. such as a tinkery. We'll just use a little lime juice on my end because I don't have gin. I'm sure it wouldn't taste good with tequila. This is already becoming a very hefty cocktail. Three quarters ounce of fresh orange juice. Yes, it has to be fresh. We don't want to add any additional sugar. Store-bought is not Store-bought is not okay here. Uh, so we'll just use a little more lime juice on my end. Okay. I think what you're going to be making is a different cocktail that I'm going to tell. It's going to be mostly lime here. juice and whiskey. So... Yeah. I'm going to tell you Are about there a cocktail. Any cocktails that, would, that have lots of lime juice and whiskey? I've never heard of that combination. Like a whiskey sour? Oh, whiskey sour. Well, it looks like I'm making a whiskey sour with probably some grenadine. I I, I didn't read this far ahead in the notes. So. <laughs> Come on. Do your homework. Okay. Three quarters ounce orange juice, three quarters ounce fresh lemon or lime juice. So that's basically... The juice of one whole lemon. Let's throw some lemon in mine. This is going to taste awful, I can already tell you. We shall see. Okay. Now, some real interesting ingredients that you might not have on hand. You might need to go to your liquor store to pick this up when you get your Laird's Applejack. A third of an ounce of French vermouth, which is dry white vermouth. Ew. And a third of an ounce of Italian vermouth, which just means in the 1920s, any sweet red vermouth. Gab, you don't look too excited about this. I truly cannot stand gin, so. <laughs> But wait, there's more. <laughs> Just to keep true to the name. A splash of grenadine. A splash of grenadine just for color. Just a very small splash. Boom. Okay. Kyle, are you ready to shake again? I'm going to shake, 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 shake it. Yeah. What, what, what is that? Metro City? I forget the band name. I should probably put the lid on this. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely put the lid on this. Make sure your lid is on tight and shake vigorously. All right. Pop open the lid, get your strainer, and then there strain into a chilled glass. Ooh, definitely a different color this time around, yeah? Yeah. Like an orange I color. I just splash and you're going to not like this, I know it. Or just get Don't knock until you try it. Hey, there are no half pours in this bar. It's actually made Way perfect more. amount to fill two seven ounce 
Cups, coops, 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 like like the type of car. All right, coop. Here is cocktail number two, Jack Rose, nineteen twenties Paris style. Cheers. Cheers. I'm scared. Oh, I'm gonna like it. Ooh, ooh. Um, you, you hear that, Gab? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Nick, talk it's, about it. It's still sour, though less predominantly sour. It has a vermouth bite. And vermouth, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the ingredient, is a fortified wine. So it's it's got a little bit of like spices to it that have been added later on after the the original wine making process and it doesn't give me any more information on the bottle so that's all i can tell you (laughs) okay but this is the second variation on the jack rose and i wondered why is this jack rose recipe so different than all the other jack rose recipes that we've had So what's interesting about this one is that in the book, Bar Flies and Cocktails, this is called the Jack Rose. Well, there's another cocktail in that same book called the Applejack Cocktail, and it is the exact same recipe like the earlier Jack Rose one I shared with you, which is just Applejack, lemon or lime juice, and grenadine. So the Jack Rose to McKellen is something completely different But it shares, I think, some similarities to a different 1914 recipe in Jacques Straub's drinks, which is called the June Rose. For your consideration, a recipe lost to time, the June Rose. It is a drink consisting of the juice of a half a lime, juice of a half lemon, one orange juiced, one half jigger dry gin, one half jigger raspberry syrup. Elsewhere in Barflies and Cocktails, McKellen mentions the replacement of raspberry syrup with grenadine for other cocktails. So perhaps McKellen's Jack Rose is really this June Rose with the addition of Applejack and grenadine as a replacement for the raspberry syrup and then some vermouth. I guess we'll never know for sure, but I'm, I'm enjoying it over here. Well, that makes one of us because I didn't have the ingredients and uh, Gabby's not a big fan. Just really not a gin gal. I feel like the other drink is something like I would order at a bar and like could like chug if necessary. <laughs> but <laughs> this drink is one that I would like nurse all night. Spit take. <laughs> well, they were probably chugging all the time. They got to run with the bowls. They got to drink more so they gotta be turned down by their love interest uh, poor jake poor jake jake from jake. Jake jake from State Farm. by the way we're not sponsored by state farm not yet not sponsored if you're listening and you like literally delicious reach out <laughs> We can make an agreement happen. <laughs> yeah. So Kyle, any thoughts, any last words here on the Jack Rose? 
I like the first one I made better because uh, I didn't really measure anything out second time. But it is delicious. It is sweet. It is tart. It is sweet tart. Ooh, they sponsored <laughs> it us. It is tart so sweet too. <laughs> it is a lot of things. It's pretty to look at. Very pretty. I would, I would order it again if people knew how to make it. Well, we do now. Yes. Yes, we do. So BYOA, bring your own Applejack to your local. Have them make for you a Jack Rose and tell them that Literally Delicious sent you. Gab, any last words for the food nerds? Just want to say thank you guys for having me on again. It's always an honor to be invited on the podcast. Um, the first drink was really great, and I would definitely recommend <laughs> people try making it at home. The second drink, if you like gin, give it a try. But I'm, I've been Nick. That's all I have left to <laughs> hey, say here. Food he, he's still Nick. <laughs> I'm still tipsy. Nick. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Literally Delicious. If you have a dish or a drink from a work of literature that you would like to see us make on a future podcast, shoot me an email at literallydelishpod at gmail.com. Send me some information about the book, will you? The name, the author, that all will help me find the book and help figure out that recipe. So... This week, we are going to skip our last bite, but that's just because food nerds next week, I got something really special for you. I'm not just making one dish from a novel. I'm not just making two dishes. I'm making a whole meal from a work of literature. So stop by next Tuesday for that. And as always, food nerds, stay hungry, thirsty, thirsty. Hungry, hangry. Thank you whatever. so much, Kyle, for joining us on <laughs> Literally Delicious today. It's been so much fun. And I hope that you'll stop by some other time and, and make some more cocktails with us. Hey, man, love to. Love to. Send some food over this way, too. I'll try some of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, food nerds. On that note, I think it's time to end. See you all next time. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.